tell him I was clean. It really gets intense. In some cases, in most cases, such as ours, it, it's the healthy kind, where twins actually push one another to excel. And that's what our boys did with each other. But this was not the healthy kind. This was trying to get and have one up on the other. And it seems that, that while Esau could get things by sheer ability and force, Jacob was more cunning. He was more of a stealth kind. He just kind of did things. And it's really interesting that the name of Jacob literally means in Hebrew, he who grasps the heel. This is how he was born. He was holding on to the heel of Esau. Thank you. 
know who Jacob is, and they say, did you realize that you would end up being in the line to provide for a, a special nation for God through whom Jesus would come and who the Messiah would come? He would have said, not in a million years. But one of the things that we find is that whether it be through a roundabout or a direct way, Jacob heard God speak. Jacob claimed God's promise, and Jacob obeyed God's command. He heard God speak, he claimed God's promise, and he obeyed God's command. Over the course of over 20 years, God empowered and enabled Jacob to do exactly what God had said would take place through him. And later on, as an old man, Jacob was able to see the unfolding of God's plan take place, take another step as he watched his son, Joseph, rescue his family, his entire family, from almost sure starvation and death as the, as the ruler of Egypt was rescuing his family. Now, folks, please understand, we have definitions for things, and we say, well, that person's a saint. And usually we end up thinking, well, that's a person that, that never says anything wrong, doesn't, doesn't talk about other people, they never lie, they never hurt anyone for personal gain, never do wrong intentionally. Even though that's not what the Bible teaches, that's our idea of what we think of when we think of the word saint. And Jacob was definitely not one of those. But some of us in this room are still seasoned by that definition, aren't we? We might have lied to or cheated somebody else, or cheated others at work or money, or said or done things that screamed back at us so loudly that our head hurt. July 4th, 
independence to them. And the irony of that was not lost. Then two full days later would be my 37th birthday, which was not on my list. He goes on to say that the first place that I was shown on my entrance board was the prison chapel. But that would be my one and only visit to that little chapel because I didn't need that one. This was just a temporary setback, and upon release, I would immediately return to it some time. But even though prison couldn't change me, God never gave up on me, and change would eventually come four years later as I watched the ultrasound of an unborn baby as I prayed for the birth of my son. And my heart was crazier than anything else could change, was changed in a matter of moments as I watched and I listened to that tiny I was in church the next Sunday by my choice. For the first time in 18 years, I would never do another drug deal. I would begin preaching about five years later and begin a prison ministry soon. Every Friday night, Jim teaches and preaches in the ministry right now called God's Shining Light Church, which is basically a mission to addicts, ex-cons, alcoholics, prostitutes, the forgotten and the forsaken in our society, many of them who walk the streets just outside of the doors of the building. He's also involved in a board, uh, he's on the board of something called Wings of Freedom, which is a faith-based deliverance program. He is married, has three kids, and together, he and his wife run three businesses by the blues. And he said, oh yes, that baby would be born and grow into my beautiful 26-year-old daughter, Katie Rutherford-Lincoln. And the story of God's grace and love is still being written, he said, and I do not believe anywhere near completion. In fact, I think that the best is yet to come. Folks, God changes people. And he changes those who come to him as helpless, as broken, just like Jacob did. And who simply say, I can't do anything. I need to follow you. I want to do that because I love you and I, I, I surrender my life to you. And he, God, by doing that, when we turn our lives over to Christ, when we trust in the atoning sacrifice of his blood on the cross for the remission of our sins, for the forgiveness that he offers, God simply empowers us as we obey him. And he continues to empower us as we obey. And he does that regardless of our past. Sometimes past has a tendency of catching up with us. And we have to deal with the realities or maybe the consequences of it. And it did come rushing back into this returned to what he had done and who he had done it to. He had done it to his brother Esau, who had not only taken the birthright, but he had also taken away the blessing of the birthright. And he started heading back home. And as he got home, or as he got closer, he got news that something was happening. You see, Esau was coming to meet 
400 men. That might make you sweat more, even though you didn't have those things. And so Jacob plans, and he sends this ahead of him and his family in hopes of By the way, spoiler alert, I told you, ended up okay. Nobody dies. But just to be encouraged, to be the king that you saw face to face, and even though he didn't, he didn't know what was going to happen. The Bible tells us that Jacob wrestled all night with his mother. And that, that must have taken a lot. I don't think he'd ever been wrestling that long. I mean, literally. Thank you. 
Thank you. 